Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
To the old rugged cross I will ever be true It's shame and reproach Gladly Finding only a 
empty things in their downward race. How will people hear? Who will point the way? Who will take the love of Christ and go? is the answer I know he's the way he calls me now his voice I know while there are lost to me to I will go
Songs of Praise endeavours to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Saviour, Jesus Christ.
my Savior daily walks with me because I trust his love. In all that's best his hand I see it points to heaven above. I will follow him through shadows dim or in the sunshine bright. And on we walk together and he leads my steps aright. On and on, on we walk we together, together. Christ is by, by my side, and I fear no storm no stormy weather, weather. for He is a faithful God. guide. You can never find, find another waves obey His will, and He speaks, speaks to you, my brother. My brother. Come and hear His peace. My Savior holds my hand each day and tells me not to fear. When tempted to Him I must pray, for He is always near. On the gospel road He'll share my loads and can my soul afright. And on we walk together and He leads my steps aright. On and on we walk together, Christ is by my side. And I fear no stormy weather, for He is a faithful guide. You can never can't find another waves obey His will. And He speaks to you, my brothers, come and hear His peace. Blessed Lord, I lean my all to Him, confide. No more the shadows come between, I'm walking by His side. In true faith will I on Him rely, He makes my burdens light. And on we walk together, and He leads my steps aright. On and on we walk together, Christ is by my side. And I fear no stormy weather, for He is a faithful guide. You can never find another waves, obey His will. And He speaks to you, my brothers, come and hear His peace on we walk together, Christ is by my side. And I fear no stormy weather, for He is a faithful guide. You can never find another way, so obey His will. And He speaks to you, my brother, come and hear His peace be
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week. We're missing out on the good life According to man of degree We're missing out on life's normal pleasures By standards of worldly beliefs They say we're too narrow We should learn to just let go We're all missing out somehow But when I think of their claims And the pleasures they name Well, I'll admit I have missed out I've missed out On the heartache Of living my life in sin I've missed out On the sorrow Of facing the world without Him And I have no regrets For things that I've missed Cause down deep in my heart The truth was and is Every day that I live I thank God for what I've missed This world is concerned That Christians are missing out socially They say that our stand and the book in our hand It's not right politically They call our conviction religious addiction They claim that we're all turned around But we cannot deny one thing they got right It's true, we have missed out I've missed out All the heartache of living my life in sin I've missed out on the sorrow Of facing the world without Him And I have no regrets for things that I've missed Cause down deep in my heart the truth was and is Every day that I live I thank God for what I've missed I've missed out on the heartache Of living my life in sin I've missed out on the sorrow Of facing the world without Him And I have no regrets for things that I've missed Down deep in my heart The truth was and is Every day that I live I thank God for what I've missed And I have no regrets For things that I've missed Cause down deep in my heart The truth was and is Every day that I live I thank God for what I've missed Ha!
have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray, and holy manna will be showered all around. Brethren, see poor sinners round you, slumbers round you, the brink of woe. Death is coming, hell is moving, hell is bare to let them go. See our fathers and our mothers and our children sinking down. Brethren, pray and holy men and holy showered all around. Sisters, will you join and help us? Moses' sister aided him. Will you help the trembling mourners who are struggling hard with sin? Tell them all about the Savior, tell them that he will be found. Sisters, pray, and holy manna will be showered all around. Let us love our God supremely, let us love each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners Till our God makes all things new Then he'll call us home to heaven At his table we'll sit down Christ will gird himself and serve us with sweet manna all around. Brethren, we have met to worship.
One day they nailed the carpenter to a rugged tree, thinking he would never build again. There they nailed him through his hands and feet. Still he carried out the master plan. Jesus built a bridge to heaven so that I could have a way up to him. Jesus built a bridge the only way he could with only three nails and two build a bridge. The Father looked from heaven to a world below, and it seemed there was no way to claim his own. So to the world his son, the master builder, had to go. children home. Jesus built a bridge to heaven so that I could have a way up to him. Jesus built a bridge the only way he could with only Jesus built a bridge with only three nails and two pieces of wood. With one rugged cross, Jesus built a
Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise.
God's children would fall in Bible history. Bondage would come because of their depravity. Over and over, they fell upon their face, begging for mercy, asking for grace. Each and every time, God had a plan. He would send a watchman. He would send a
How glorious that moment to see him face to face, to hear him say, "Well done, my child, you finished the race." But for now, the sun's still rising. There's work to still be done while we're waiting for the promise of what is yet to come. Finish well. Every day that we are given, finish well. For the glory of His name, finish strong. Until the Savior finally calls us home, give it everything we have. Finish well. There's no truth in saying we've seen our better days. These are the days to be courageous, bold, and full of faith. So wherever He may lead us, whatever it may cost, let the church arise and lift the banner of the cross. Finish well every day that we. We here at 3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, Ministry of Healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie, and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. 
continuing chapter 37, The False and the True in Education. Subheading, Historical and Theological Law. As a preparation for Christian work, many think it essential to acquire an extensive knowledge of historical and theological writings. They suppose that this knowledge will be an aid to them in teaching the gospel, but their laborious study of the opinions of men tends to the enfeebling of their ministry, rather than to its strengthening. As I see libraries filled with ponderous volumes of historical and theological lore, I think, why spend money for that which is not bread? The sixth chapter of John tells us more than can be found in such works. Christ says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live for ever. He that believes on me has everlasting life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. John 6, 35, and verse 51, and then verse 47, and then verse 63. There is a study of history that is not to be condemned. Sacred history was one of the studies in the schools of the prophets. In the record of his dealings with the nations were traced the footsteps of Jehovah. So today we are to consider the dealings of God with the nations of the earth. We are to see in history the fulfillment of prophecy to study the workings of providence in the great reformatory movements and to understand the progress of events in the marshalling of the nations for the final conflict of the great controversy. Such study will give broad, comprehensive views of life. It will help us to understand something of its relations and dependencies. How wonderfully we are bound together in the great brotherhood of society and nations, and to how great an extent the oppression and degradation of one member means loss to all. But history, as commonly studied, is concerned with man's achievements, his victories in battle, his successes in attaining power and greatness. God's agency in the affairs of men is lost sight of. Few study the working out of his purpose in the rise and fall of nations. And to a great degree, theology, as studied and taught, is but a record of human speculation, serving only to darken counsel by words without knowledge. Too often the motive in accumulating these many books is not so much a desire to obtain food for the mind and soul, as it is ambition to become acquainted with philosophers and theologians, a desire to present Christianity to the people in learned terms and propositions. Not all the books written can serve the purpose of a holy life. Learn of me, said the great teacher. Take my yoke upon you. Learn my meekness and my lowliness. Your intellectual pride will not aid you in communicating with souls that are perishing 
for the want of the bread of life. In your study of these books, you are allowing them to take the place of the practical lessons you should be learning from Christ. With the results of this study, the people are not fed. Very little of the research which is so wearying to the mind furnishes that which will help one to be a successful labourer for souls. The Saviour came to preach the gospel to the poor. Luke 4.18 In his teaching, he used the simplest terms and the plainest symbols. And it is said that the common people heard him gladly. Mark 12.37 Those who are seeking to do his work for this time need a deeper insight into the lesson he has given us. The words of the living God are the highest of all education. Those who minister to the people need to eat of the bread of life. This will give them spiritual strength. Then they will be prepared to minister to all classes of people. Subheading the Classics In the colleges and universities, thousands of youth devote a large part of the best years of life to the study of Greek and Latin, and while they are engaged in these studies, mind and character are moulded by the evil sentiments of pagan literature, the reading of which is generally regarded as an essential part of the study of these languages. Those who are conversant with the classics declare that the Greek tragedies are full of incest, murder and human sacrifices to lustful and revengeful gods. Far better would it be for the world were the education gained from such sources to be dispensed with. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Proverbs 6.28 Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean one? Not one. Job 14 verses 4 Can we then expect the youth to develop Christian character while their education is moulded by the teaching of those who set at defiance the principles of the law of God. In casting off restraint and plunging into reckless amusement, dissipation and vice, students are but imitating that which is kept by their minds by their studies. There are callings in which a knowledge of Greek and Latin is needed. Some must study these languages, but the knowledge of these languages, essential for practical uses, might be gained without a study of literature that is corrupt and corrupting. And a knowledge of Greek and Latin is not needed by many. The study of dead languages should be made secondary to a study of those subjects that teach the right use of all the powers of mind and body. It is folly for students to devote their time to the acquirement of dead languages or of a book knowledge in any line to neglect the training for life's practical duties. What do students carry with them when they leave school? Where are they going? What are they going to do? Have they the knowledge that will enable them to teach others? Have they been educated to be true fathers and mothers? Can they stand at the head of a family as wise instructors? The only education worthy of the name 
that is which leads you men and women to be Christ-like, which fits them to bear life's responsibilities, fits them to stand at the head of their families. Such an education is not to be acquired by a study of heathen classics. Subheading Sensational Literature Many of the popular publications of the day are filled with sensational stories that are educating the youth in wickedness and leading them in the path to perdition. Mere children in years are old in a knowledge of crime. They are incited to evil by the tales they read. In imagination, they act over the deeds portrayed until their ambition is aroused to see what they can do in committing crime and evading punishment. To the active minds of children and youth, the scenes pictured in imaginary revelations of the future are realities. As revolutions are predicted and all manner of proceedings described that break down the barriers of law and self-restraint, many catch the spirit of these representations. They are led to the commission of crimes even worse, if possible, than these sensational writers depict. Through such influences as these, society is becoming demoralised. The seeds of lawlessness are sown and broadcast. None need marvel that a harvest of crime is the result. Works of romance, frivolous, exciting tales are in hardly less degree a curse to the reader. The author may profess to teach a moral lesson. Throughout his work he may interweave religious sentiments, but often these serve only to veil the folly and worthlessness beneath. The world is flooded with books that are filled with enticing error. The youth receive as truth that which the Bible denounces as falsehood, and they love and cling to deception that means ruin to the soul. These are works of fiction that were written for the purpose of teaching truth or exposing some great evil. Some of these works have accomplished good, yet they have also wrought untold harm. They contain statements and highly wrought pen pictures that excite the imagination and give rise to the train of thought which is full of danger especially to the youth. The scenes described are lived over and over again in their thoughts. Such reading unfits the mind for usefulness and disqualifies it for the spiritual exercise. It destroys interest in the Bible. Heavenly things find little place in the thoughts. As the mind dwells upon the scenes of impurity, portrayed passion is aroused and the end is sin. Even fiction, which contains no suggestion of impurity and which may be intended to teach excellent principles, is harmful. It encourages the habit of superficial reading merely for the story. Thus, it tends to destroy the power of connected and vigorous thought. It unfits the soul to contemplate the great problems of duty and destiny to be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing here on your station 3ABN Australia Radio.
hope you enjoy this short presentation of how God led His people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. As the Mayflower first caught sight of land off the coast of Massachusetts, that first group of pilgrims could not have imagined what would become of this land. Whilst they were only seeking a place where they could experience freedom of worship, as with many things in life, the reality became much bigger than the original idea. Landing here in Plymouth Rock and settling nearby, the pilgrims struggled through the first winter, losing over 40 of their friends. But due to the generosity of some of the local Native Americans, the rest made it through. years passed and more people made the journey over, settlements were founded and the East Coast became more and more populated until eventually there were 13 colonies. During the rise of what would become the United States of America, these 13 colonies were under the rule of the British Crown. But tension would build over the years until eventually war broke out between the colonies and the Crown. The British were defeated and the colonies would go on to sign the Declaration of Independence here in the Independence Hall in Philadelphia in 1776, July the 4th. Four days later, on July the 8th, the bells would ring out in Philadelphia as the Declaration was read out. One of the bells that was rung is believed to have been Liberty Bell, which thereafter would go on to become a symbol of freedom. Over the years, America will become a haven for those seeking refuge from religious persecution. Although Western Europe had gone through a reformation, in many cases the movement of reform had stagnated. And whilst the new religion would have some different beliefs, often they administered control and discipline like the Mother Church and did not take kindly to dissenters and non-conformists. Some coming over were seeking new opportunities and this new land with an undiscovered interior would prove fertile terrain. The new pilgrims recognized the tyranny that had been imposed in Europe with state-run churches and were familiar with the corruption where church officials and priests were sometimes little more than civil servants. Thus, as the founding father set out the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that would form the basis of the United States of America, they were very careful that the two institutions of church and state should remain separate. It would read, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The church would not be beholden to the state and the state could not act in the special interest of any particular church but rather treat all people equally in the sight of the law. It was Benjamin Franklin who said, when religion is good I conceive it will support itself and so in America they sought to have a religion that did not rely on the support of the state. And so this encouraged more than one church to form. There was not and there is not a national church of America, an official denomination or religion, but rather America was founded on the principle of the separation of church and state. 
This, more than anything else, is what helped make America great and has been the cause of its prosperous past and present. Freedom of religion lies at the foundation of all other freedoms. And once this goes, the others will crumble in quick succession. America will be a fertile ground for many churches to flourish. And over the upcoming weeks and months, we will see some of the movements that took root here and grew in this land of liberty. Stay with us over the upcoming episodes as we continue this journey and as we explore our lineage. To view more episodes in this series, visit lineagejourney.com.